traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly, the latest breaking news and opinions. Entertaining and informative. Wow, be careful. All right, some madman is on the loose, just shot up a subway car. Uh, How many people shot here? Ten. It looks like ten. I've seen estimates eight to ten. The number has changed. Five in critical but stable condition. On the N train, we've been talking about it here at WABC all morning. Everybody is all over the world, actually. It happens in New York. It is a huge news, of course. Uh, About 830 this morning on the N train, Manhattan-bound N train in Brooklyn, uh, a man, some sort of character, uh, described as uh, five foot five inches or so, 175 pounds, black, had a uh, device with him. He started to uh, mess with it, started to manipulate it. It started to smoke. Some woman on the train said to him, I'm hearing this from law enforcement sources, by the way, said to him, uh, stop doing that. You're doing that on purpose. He said, no, I'm not. And she said, yes, you are. And then he got up and he started shooting, uh, shooting uh, multiple people. Uh, fortunately, no fatalities. The car filled with smoke. Uh, what a what a horrible scene for the passengers. And, and we're seeing video of people getting off the train. I'll tell you this. It's intense. They are distressed, but they're it's not like. It's not pure panic. These people, New Yorkers are tough. They are. Uh, the way they handled it, um, I'm impressed. Uh, all right, there are a million cops all over the place right now. The guy got away, uh, hopefully not for long. Now, this is the uh, 36th Street thirty sixth Street station, and if you've been on the end line, you know that that's not exactly state-of-the-art stuff. They've got the older cars. The, the stations tend to be pretty crummy. Uh, they don't have the you know, time to wait. What do they call those those clocks? They're they're, they're the last to be wired, uh, so they may not have those uh, cameras all over the place. They may not have a good shot of this guy, what he looks like. But I'm confident they're going to get him. Uh, they say he was wearing some sort of. It's been described as an MTA uniform. Then I heard it was just an orange vest that construction workers wear, and he had a gas mask. He had a gas mask on when he pulled this. Uh, a device now it's a smoke bomb that was uh, noxious but it didn't hurt anybody it wasn't a chemical attack and um they spoke the authorities gathered uh, uh the authorities so all right good luck with our authorities uh governor hokel was on the scene uh governor hokel what did she have to say about all this and we are sick and tired of reading headlines about crime whether they're mass shootings or the loss of a teenage girl or a 13 year old It has to stop. I'm committing the full resources of our state to fight this surge of crime, this insanity that is seizing our city because we want to get back to normal. Wow. Wow. She sounds like she's yelling at a bunch of kids who are uh, (laughs) just messing up her uh, flower bed or something. Uh, Interesting. She's wailing about crime. Uh, Two hours earlier, her lieutenant governor was arrested. (laughs) Yes, 
the person you just heard complaining about crime, her hand-picked person for the uh, lieutenant governor job, what's his name again? Brian Benjamin, was arrested, had to turn himself into federal authorities on a bribery case. Allegedly, he was uh, steering state money to some contractor in Harlem when he was a state senator, and that guy was making illegal campaign contributions. They were in it together, in on it together, allegedly. So he's in a lot of trouble. Uh, criminally, politically, he's most likely done. Yes, innocent until proven guilty. What does it tell us about Kathy Hochul, though? She's not very sharp, and we already knew that. All right, so uh, ironic, isn't it? Now, the police commissioner spoke as well. Uh, I think this is the first time we've ever seen her or heard her uh, away from Eric Adams, who is home sick in bed with uh, the COVID, right? Uh, what did she say? This is, again, what's her name again? Because you haven't seen much of her. She's not exactly uh, out there. Police Commissioner Kachant Sewell, what did she say? I want to begin by assuring the public that there are currently no known explosive devices on our subway trains, and this is not being investigated as an act of terrorism at this time. Uh, you may want to um, consider it an act of terrorism. And whether they have the legalistic uh, backing to call it terror, I have a feeling it is terrorism. And let me explain why. You know, since Bill de Blasio became mayor, we have seen numerous terrorist attacks in New York City. After 9-11 and after the anthrax attacks, you know, New York took on a very special, unique leadership role in fighting terror. New York City said, under the leadership of Mike Bloomberg, and, yes, my dad, Ray Kelly, the police commissioner, said the federal government let down New York City. We're not going to let that happen. And they put together an unbelievable, unprecedented, world-class counterterrorism bureau intelligence operation, um, quite frankly, that was superior to the Central Intelligence Agency in many ways, superior to what the FBI had to offer in many ways. We put detectives all over the world. Technology that they hadn't even conceived of a few years earlier was brought in. Uh, World-class experts, um, General Labuti, a four-star Marine Corps general, the deputy director of the Central Intelligence Agency, became a deputy police commissioner. I mean, this was – no one had ever seen anything like this. And they started to look at the talent within the NYPD, and they realized, you know what? We have more people who speak Pashto and Arabic in the New York City Police Department than they have in the entire Central Intelligence Agency. So they made an incredible um, counterterrorism entity, and the terrorists stayed away. They advertised it quite well, the NYPD did. Oh, yeah, we're here. Don't come. We're ready. We're going to grab you if you come. And they stayed away. One guy who thought about it was caught big time. Usually they got him uh, just before they were about to go operational or do anything. They got him. They got to do anything that could lead to harm. They got him. I think 16 terror plots were thwarted by the NYPD between 2002 and January 1st of 2014. And then Bill de Blasio comes in and says, oh, we don't like any of that. We're, we're going to scale it all back. We... We don't need this proactive policing. No, 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 no. None of that. None of that works anymore. 
and we became a kinder and gentler city. And you know what happened, which no one ever talks about? Terrorism started right again. It's true. February of 2014, a police officer was hacked in the head with a hatchet, with, a, with an axe. And the guy who did it was a known Muslim extremist. He was a terrorist. He had it all over his, uh, his computer, what he wanted to do. Uh, he was looking for favor from Allah, and he hated the great, big, bad Satan of America. It was terrorism. Now, for a number of reasons, that just wasn't a fashionable story to report anymore. Everybody wanted to move on. Uh, and every time this would happen, yes, there'd be, a, there'd be momentary interest, but everybody would move on really, really fast. And the authorities would always kind of downplay. They don't know. We don't believe this is terror-related. No, there's no indications at this point. Well, when the dust settles and no one's paying attention anymore, we find out that it's terror-related. Now, what else happened here that no one ever talks about? How about those bombs that were planted in Chelsea? There was a bomb on uh, on 23rd Street and a couple of uh, another a couple of blocks away. The pressure cooker bombs planted by a Islamic extremist, and they got him. Let's see. How about the van attack on the West Side Highway in 2017 on Halloween? Yeah, that happened. About 11 people from Argentina, remember, they came up here on vacation to ride bikes? Well, they were killed by an Islamic extremist madman. No, all kind of, no, 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 we don't don't want to dwell on that. Um, You know, this is um, a new America. We're not going to talk about those things. Uh, But they happened. They happened. And now, what do we see here? Well, they were against our system, our very way of life, right? Safe to say the 9-11 hijackers were against our very way of life. I think that's safe to say. Everything about America they hated. So this guy today, I don't know much about him. I'm going to, for a moment, guess that he's an American. Five foot, five inches tall, 175 pounds. Let's face it, most of us are overweight. He'd be overweight. And um, described as a black individual, well, I'm just going to guess that he's American. Now, there is a damn good chance that he's been watching a little bit of the news over the past two years. And what have we been told by everybody from uh, the reporter on Channel 11 to Joe Biden that America is a systemically racist country? America is a systemically racist country, right? All the time. And there is overt discrimination. There is implicit bias. There is implicit discrimination. All kinds of... The very fundamental... The architecture of our country is racist. Just ask the New York Times, Nicole Hannah-Jones. The whole damn system is broken. So then you've got nut jobs walking around. Nut jobs. I have a feeling this nut job who did what he did today was against our entire system, which he's been notified on a nearly constant basis is fundamentally, what's that word again? What is that phrase? Uh, Systemically racist, systemically racist, systemically racist all the time. So I wonder if we can say at this point, no indication of terror. His motivation was this just an argument with the person next to him that got out of hand 
He just brought that smoke, but no indication of terrorism. Some of these, excuse me, Democrat law enforcement types, they just say things out of muscle memory. You know, there was something very strange about that press conference, too. They just wanted it up and down. They wanted it, you know, okay, we're starting and now we're done. We're starting and now we're done. I remember Kelly and Bloomberg, they go out there and they let everybody know everything they knew within limits. But this was uh, now I need to hand it over to the governor. Now I need to hand it over to the fire commissioner. Now I need to hand it over to the deputy mayor. Now I need to hand it over back to uh, the lieutenant governor. Now I need it. Now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Um, John Miller, deputy commissioner of is he public information or terrorism? What's his profile now? What's his portfolio? I don't know. Eric Adams is home with the flu, and this is his big moment. Now, I just saw that he allowed the cameras in up at Gracie Mansion because he has to. He can't let a moment like this go to waste. He could be on television, and he just got himself on television. Well, what do you know, Eric Adams? You, <laughs> you're 15 miles away, and what do you, what do you even have to offer? All right, and I remember the press going nuts. Three months. And they were covering that race, the mayor's race. Well, he's a former police captain. He's a former police captain. He'll know what to do when it comes to crime. He's a former police captain. A former, yeah, he was a crummy police captain. He was a crummy cop. Nobody liked him. He wasn't good at this job. And I think he left like 16, 17 years ago. When did he leave? 2006, 2007, as he was being investigated. So the former police captain, you think they need his expertise right now? They got 250 police captains on duty right now with up-to-the-minute experience. No, they don't need that guy. He caught COVID. It looks like going to a party. That's what he does. He likes to party. I like to party, too, but I'm not the mayor. You know what I mean? I can party. Uh, <laughs> that's the it's the biggest job he'll ever have, just like de Blasio. This is the biggest opportunity you'll ever have. And what was he doing, going off to... Italy, doing those stupid things, going to Iowa. I don't understand these people. I really don't. But uh, all right. Uh, Let me just see if there's anything new here. Police still searching for black male seen wearing construction vest and gray hooded sweatshirt. I'm reading that from the breaking news banner at MSNBC. The manhunt is underway. Let me take a quick look out the window. No sign. I'm serious. I mean, look, this is uh, the end train would not come directly here. But uh, all right. Let's watch for him. Five foot five uh, construction paraphernalia, a gas mask. And who knows? He's probably armed and dangerous. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. This is The Greg Kelly Show. You know, sometimes when you're watching the news, it's funny, especially during breaking news. uh, Something's happening. They don't have a camera there. They have very little information, but they got to talk about it. And they get anybody they can on the phone who might be an expert. Uh, And it's uh, expert. The threshold is very, very low. If you... uh, if you saw Starsky and Hutch in 1975, please come on and share your law enforcement observations about what may be happening. In the early stages of this, it's sometimes fun to watch them tap dance. Hey, I've had to do it myself. It's part of the that's part of the job. It actually happens. It's a hey, looking at some of the pictures now. Wait. There got no, 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 no. Again, the New Yorkers as they get off the train where the 
The shooting presumably happened. There are all kinds of videos emerging. People are, they're intense, they're running, they're distressed, but they're not, you know, there's not a stampede. They're kind of looking out for each other. They are looking out for each other, which is great. And then you see these guys on the ground and a lot of blood. I hope they make it. I really hope they make it. Now, this guy is out there somewhere on the loose. Uh, I'm also hearing that they recovered a gun at the scene. That's all right. They got a gun at the scene. That means there's a good, that helps. And hopefully that was his last gun. Who knows? Hey, I want to check in with Diane real quick in New Jersey. Hi. Hey, Greg, how are you? Fine. Okay. Um, listen, quick comment. Mm. Um, you were talking about the fact that there was uh, a statement made about the 13 people that were shot in Brooklyn, that there was no indication of terrorism. However, they were very quick to label parents at school board meetings to domestic terrorists. That was not a problem. So I, it, just look at what's happening here. It's, it's so unfair, and it's, it's a shame. All I right. just wanted to just say that. I, I hear you loud and clear. Uh, I did see, I think they were a little too quick to say no indication of terrorism. Well, there's no indication of it being a, a robbery, is it? There's no indication of a personal dispute, is it? Um, you know, just like the Obama administration, Democrats are very reluctant. They don't want it to be called uh, terrorism. I don't know why they feel so sensitive to that. Remember Benghazi? They couldn't call it terrorism. No, it could not have been terrorism, especially during an election year. There's a damn good chance that this is terrorism. He's got two smoke devices and and ignites at least one of them and then opens fire, starts blasting. And oh, by the way, they just said our entire system of government, of uh, our culture, our mores, everything about us is racist for the past two years. This guy opens fire, didn't ask for anybody's money. I think you may be on to something, uh, very much so. And, yes, they demonize those parents, those great parents. They're all over the country. You know my favorite, Tatiana Ibrahim up there in uh, Carmel. Oh, you got to give me a call, by the way. Sorry, I got sick this weekend. I couldn't talk to you. we got a little project going on. And the other thing is, uh, hey, Loudoun County, those parents are great, too. Parents are great everywhere. You know, you start messing with the kids, even with liberals. There's some liberals I'm hearing, you know, like they're – they're woke this, they're um, all for that. But when you start pushing stuff on their kids, a uh, good thing they draw the line. Some of them, not all of them. All right. Thank you, Diane. One more. Maria. Mar- uh, wait, Maria, do me a favor. Stand by. Who the hell is Bronwyn Wyndham Burke? I don't know either, but I never heard of her until this morning. She's the uh, real housewives of Orange County. That's a real stretch, isn't it? Orange County. Now, I heard about Atlanta. I heard about, I know New York. Um, Orange County. I've been to Orange County. I just don't, it's so silly, that whole thing. Depraved. And this woman, I'm going to say, is um, somewhat depraved. Yeah, I think she is. Hey, by the way, it's a free country. You can be depraved if you want to be. People get into all kinds of stuff. I'm not, uh, but. It's in the newspaper. This is a headline in the newspaper. Let me see here. Oh, wait, shoot. Did I just miss it? All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. I was in a uh, diner today sipping coffee. I usually don't do that. My wife insists on making me the coffee, which I love, but every now and then I like to get out and just uh, have a bigger cup because you get a small cup. Ah, here we go. Bronwyn Wyndham Burke says, Girlfriend and I have spicy sex. Ten times a day. 
This is in the New York Post, one of the greatest newspapers in the country. The New York Post, I love it. They're the ones who told us about the Hunter laptop. They, they paid a big price for that. Remember, they were kicked off uh, Twitter. They were censored. They were banished. They went through so much to get us that information. I love the New York Post, but what the hell is this? Now, I went through it. Okay, there's got to be something else here. I mean, who cares that Bronwyn is having spicy sex 10 times a day with her girlfriend? Uh, now, they do mention that Bronwyn is a mother of seven children. Just parenthetically. Oh, by the way, she's a mom. You know, And, uh, oh, they also mention that she's married to some dude somewhere. Uh, they're married, yeah, and they, they, they nest, apparently. But um, somehow, with all of that, with a husband and seven children, she finds time to hang out with some model chick named Brillo, and they have spicy sex ten times a day, and that's the story. It goes on paragraph after paragraph after paragraph. Now, again, hey, I, uh, <laughs> I've lived an active life. I've seen all kinds of things. But in the newspaper, why would that be in the newspaper? Isn't that strange? Let me know. And there are all kinds of places you can go to see that stuff if you want. And uh, a lot of people want to. And that's. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. Uh, Hi. All right. That guy's still out there. Wait a second. Wait a second. Okay. I saw some pretty cool video. Um, it looks like is the shooter is caught between two subway cars, and he's banging on the glass. Uh, two subway cars, and he's banging on the glass. Is that the shooter for sure? We don't know. Uh, could be a, I don't know, could be a potential victim, but it looks like it. They're they're treating it like he's the shooter. This is video from earlier, from during the event, and he's pounding on the glass again these new yorkers are so cool one guy's holding his cup of coffee i mean he's kind of shuffling to the far end of the the subway car he doesn't want to be close to where that guy is these guys are great cool cucumbers uh gotta find this guy i'm, I'm sure they will and uh wait what else about this uh new york governor one more time can i hear kathy Hochul making sure that we're going to find this guy and how how angry she is about this, just how angry and fed up she is with all the violence. And we are sick and tired of reading headlines about crime, whether they're mass shootings or the loss of a teenage girl or a 13-year-old. It has to stop. I'm committing the full resources of our state to fight this surge of crime, this insanity that is seizing our city because we want to get back to normal. Uh, the full resources of New York State. All right. A bunch of state troopers. Those guys are great, but this is not what they do. All right. I mean, it's not. They, they, they got their, just, this sounds so silly. And remember, I love this. I'm sorry, but, you know, she's all up there, all uptight about crime. We got to stop this. Well, she and her far left uh, cronies, who she's been sucking up to ever since she got this job, have done everything they can to delegitimize police, make their jobs harder. She embraced Black Lives Matter, uh, like her former boss, Governor Cuomo, by the way, uh, did very did absolutely nothing to stem the violence that we were going through in 2020. Where were the resources of New York State back then, huh? When they were rioting on my block, rioting on my block. 
the guy who where I get my hair cut, they broke his bloody barber shop. They t- destroyed the whole damn place. Great guy, a Russian immigrant. They destroyed it. And uh, that's okay. Right? Where were the state troopers then? No, 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 no. That, 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 could, that, that was fine. Anyway, that hysterical woman, it was all an act, by the way. I don't think she cares about anything. But she is embarrassed by this, that her lieutenant governor, yeah, the deputy governor, the number two in the state, was arrested uh, this morning, <laughs> 20 minutes before that press conference. Her lieutenant governor was arrested. Brian Benjamin, nobody knows who he is, but um, he was made the lieutenant governor, 45 years old, a former state senator, ran for controller, lost. I guess he really wanted that job because allegedly he was um, uh, illegally diverting state funds to some rich guy who in turn used those funds to write checks for him you know, but did it on behalf of his babysitter, of a baby, of, uh, you know, somebody he never knew, all kinds of weird stuff like that. A shell game, and the money came all into his campaign. It's tough, by the way, if you want to run for office and you're not rich. It's got to be tough. You know who had it made? Bloomberg. I mean, look, sometimes a guy drives me crazy, but he did a lot of good things for the city. And writing checks, you know, <laughs> he just had no break. He spent more becoming mayor than most people spend becoming president it was amazing it really was amazing so all right this guy is out there somewhere and is there anything else to say keep an eye on it um i guess that's all we can hey i gotta say this about dr Oz. i am so glad that he was endorsed by president trump now i'm big maga i don't think anybody's more maga than me all right make america great again i love it i was there day one june 16th 2015 in the lobby of trump tower i was there when donald trump came down the escalator why was i there kind of a long story but i was anchoring the good day new york show with rosanna scotto rosanna was friendly with michael cohen uh rosanna tells me she has an invitation to this trump event do you want to go and i'm like sure let's go see what's going on right it was a Trump event. I There were all kinds of rumblings about what was going to happen. Maybe he's running for president. Maybe it's going to be a, a new TV show. Maybe he's starting his own. Who the hell knows what? But running for president was like one of six things it could have been. So we go. And guess what? Since there aren't many reporters there, actually, there are a lot of cameras. There are a lot of technicians. But there are very few reporters. Rosanna and I are standing like basically, you know, in the front row, we're right there in the middle of it, standing about 20, 10 feet away from Donald Trump, listening to this speech, which, as you may re- well, you probably don't remember because you just saw sound bites, but it went on for a long time. I remember getting a little bit tired. I'm like, okay, I'm on my feet. I, 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 I wasn't sitting down. I was getting impatient. However, I was totally blown away by that speech. And I kept looking at Rosanna, and Rosanna kept looking at me. We weren't saying anything. We kept hearing what he was saying. And when he said... Well, actually, let me let him say it. Uh, where did he say that? Uh, wait, hold on. I got this. Uh, shoot. Oh, oh. All right. Give me a second. Uh, do me a favor. While I find this, play. Oh, gosh. I can't stand it when this happens. Can you help me? Where did I do with that? Uh, 50? Cut 50? Uh, cut 50. Ah. All right. But before. All right. Thank you. I'm back on track. Kind of. 
Uh, do me a favor. This is something he said last weekend. All right. Cut 48. This is what made me think of all this. Cut 48. This is Donald Trump at the rally in North Carolina this past weekend. Cut 48. We are Americans and Americans kneel to God and God alone. My fellow citizens, this incredible journey we are on together has only just begun. And it is time to start talking about greatness for our country again. Greatness. We don't talk about greatness anymore. You never hear the word greatness. And when he said that over the weekend, I had a sense of deja vu. Deja vu. You know that when you felt like uh, something happened before to you? Some people think it was a previous life, but no, I remember it was a previous speech. And I was there the June 16th, 2015 speech when Donald Trump, not exactly the same words, but the same feeling. Uh, This is uh, from his kickoff speech seven years ago now. Cut 49, please. Our country is in serious trouble. We don't have victories anymore. We used to have victories, but we don't have them. When was the last time anybody saw us beating, let's say, China in a trade deal? They kill us. You know, when he said that, it just it just hit home. Because I was I was very frustrated for a lot of different reasons, some personal and and as a country, I felt we weren't making progress. We weren't moving toward a goal. And one thing I'm obsessed with is, like, why the hell haven't we been back to the moon? It's been 50 years since we've been back to the moon, and that was very much on my mind. I love it. I love looking at Apollo movies and all that stuff. I just love that we went there. I can't believe we haven't went back. And I kept looking at Rosanna, and she kept looking at me, and I'm like, damn. He's right. And not only that, Damn. I just have never heard anybody put it like this. And damn, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. And then right afterwards, some camera from turned out to be Access Hollywood. I had no idea who I was talking to and why they wanted to talk to me. But they put the camera in my face. And I said the following cut 50. I think he might be a game changer in this race. Listen to that speech. It's going to go over well uh, in certain precincts in Iowa, New Hampshire. This is a big deal. This is not a joke. So I, they made a joke out of me for saying that. <laughs> Silly fool. All the politicos know that there's no chance that Donald Trump could become president. Why? Well, there's no way he's going to play in Iowa. Very conservative. They do not like Donald Trump. Oh, yeah? Remember when he gave the kids the rides in his own helicopter? What Donald Trump is is true to himself. Well, Donald Trump was a liberal for all those years. Well, actually, no. But, yes, he ha- <laughs> he changed his mind about a few issues. Like most people. People live their lives, and they do things. And politics is, like, not top of mind. Donald Trump was building things, getting things done. I told you the other day, I can't install a sink. This guy can install a building at the corner of 57th and 5th. Just think about what that takes to get done. Well, there are lots of buildings. Yeah, well, he did it. He did did it. He renovated that uh, Commodore Hotel, made it the Hyatt, and a thousand other projects all over the world. That takes talent. That takes skill. There's really something there. 
And I appreciate that. I appreciate that skill. So while he's getting things done, you know, politics, it changes. I'm totally different politically. Uh, look, I was a, I was a conservative in college, then I became liberal, and then and then I grew up, I became moderate, and I just, I, I changed. My views have changed over the years. So some folks are upset that he endorsed Dr. Roz, because don't you know, Dr. Roz is friends with Oprah. Friends with Oprah, can you believe that? Okay, well, here's a thousand pictures of Donald Trump with Oprah Winfrey over the years. He's friends with her, too. George Stephanopoulos asked Donald Trump on June 16, 2015, actually, the day he declared for president, what do you think of Oprah Winfrey for your uh, vice presidential uh, pick? Well, Oprah's a very talented person. You know, I'd have to have a talk with her. I, I like Oprah a lot. I do. He, he didn't shut it down. And then, well, what about his positions, uh, you know, Dr. Oz? Uh, my goodness gracious, I heard him say something anti-gun once, and I, I think he's, uh, he's pro-abortion. Well, you want to hear Donald Trump on those issues? Here's Donald Trump in 1999 on abortion, cut 53. Partial birth abortion, the eliminating of, of abortion in the third trimester, big issue in Washington. Would President Trump ban partial birth abortion? Well, look, I'm... I'm very pro-choice. Donald Trump said in 1999 that he's very pro-choice. That was his view. And uh, that man became the most pro-life president in the history of this country. All right? No contest whatsoever. A lot of Republicans talked the talk, but they did very little. They hedged. The most pro-life judges, Supreme Court nominees... We're on the cusp, it looks like, of overturning Roe v. Wade. That's because of Donald Trump, who in 1999, yes, he did say, very pro-choice. People grow. People change. Happens all the time. Now, politicians, on the other hand, they don't like to grow. They like to tell audiences what they think they want to hear in the moment. And then they like to go back and say, well, wait a second. In 1999, he said this. I said a lot of things in 1999, and he wasn't a politician in 1999. How about this? Are we going to hold this against Trump? Does anybody think, oh, he really likes Hillary Clinton now because he said this in uh, 2008? Cut 54. You said of Hillary Clinton that she was, quote, pretty badly abused during her presidential campaign. Why did you say that? I thought that they roughed her up pretty good. I, I think she's a wonderful woman. I think that she's a little bit misunderstood. You know, Hillary's a very... Smart woman, very tough woman, that's fine. But she's also a very nice person. And I know Hillary, and I know her husband very well. They're fine people. Fine people, wonderful people, nice people. That's how he felt in 2008. He actually invited her to his wedding. This is before Hillary Clinton became Secretary of State and started, uh, well, (laughs) ripping off countries around the world. That whole Clinton global, whatever the hell it was. I mean, no way does that pass the smell test. I mean, that was crazy. The amount of money they were raising. And I know they probably did some good work, but there are some people who are clearly buying influence. So Donald Trump has changed. And it doesn't matter what Dr. Oz said in 2009 about guns. It's what he's saying now. It's who he is now. It's what he's pledging. And I don't want a guy who, can you imagine somebody who just the same views? There are people out there who have their convictions and they stick with them, whatever. 
I was a bit more open-minded and confused. I don't know how you can really know about all of these issues until you buy a house, okay? And then you're like, okay, that's a bit of a game changer, you know, when it comes to taxes and stuff like this. I was I was in college, and I was like, I had all these political views. What the hell did I know? I knew books and the cafeteria. That's it. I knew nothing of life. You got to live a little bit of life. Things have to happen to you before you really know this stuff. Fair enough? All right, what's happening with this subway thing? Hey, Jackie, are you available? Jackie, uh... Jackie Carl is standing by. Can we hook up her microphone out there? She's been monitoring the situation very much, uh, very close to it. Um, All right, there's a madman on the loose. We believe he dumped his gun at the 36th Street train station on the N line in Brooklyn. Manhattan-bound train this morning. Uh, He uh, detonated some sort of smoke-generating device. And, uh, hey, Jackie, you can come on in. Um, if you want, she's shaking her head. Oh, you guys, what, what, why, why is everybody waving their hands? Something going on? All right, I got to go. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. All right. Uh, let me just make sure. Uh, this is what I know. All right. There's still a guy on the loose. Anywhere between 8 to 10 people shot, ten. at least 8 to 10 now. Ten. 10. All right. You want to just fact check me every time I say something? And yes. You just, uh, no, I, actually, Jackie, what the hell's going on? Jacqueline. Um, oh, chief. Uh, hold on. Gotta stop so, that. That, uh, okay. The more note. important thing is 10 people were shot and at least six others injured. Now, the people that are shot are in critical but stable condition. And so far, we have not had heard of any fatalities reported. Good. And you've talked about the story. You want me to tell you the whole story? Yes, Jacqueline. Okay, so we have a manhunt underway after a mass shooting at Sunset Park this morning. FDNY said what probably happened was the guy filled a subway car with smoke and then started shooting. And then people just came out of the car bleeding, screaming. People were running in all all different directions. But the police department, the fire department were on it right away. Uh, Why do we think he did this? That's a mystery right now. No one knows if it's a lone act. I mean, Keyshawn Sewell, you have a soundbite of her uh, saying. So wait a second. Just so she she's the police commissioner, right. which uh, uh, I guess a lot of people still don't know. So she said something. We're going to play that now, right? Cut 19. All right. I want to begin by assuring the public that there are currently no known explosive devices on our subway trains. And this is not being investigated as an act of terrorism at this time. So there you have it. Uh, I don't know. Why wouldn't it be? <laughs> yeah, everything's on the table. It's not terrorism. How the hell does she know that? Well, she doesn't. But they're not approaching it that way based on they've all been briefed. Wait and a they second. All they're see- not approaching it that way. So all the counterterrorism guys go home? I don't no, think so. No, but they don't want to classify it as an act of terrorism when they're not sure if it was a, a lone person just acting on his own or if it was but you can be a lone person acting on your own and be a terrorist so i just and you mentioned actually earlier to me that eric adams is saying something a little bit different regarding the terrorism well, aspect he's not coming right out and saying that it's terrorism but he feels i think he wants to but he's backing up with when he starts to mention it he backs up a little bit uh, i know that there are some sound bites on that i have it cut 23 this is terror of someone attempted to terrorize our system 
Uh, they brought in what appears to be some form of smoke device. Uh, they discharged a weapon. And so um, I don't want to be premature in identifying if this was or was not. I think at this time, the investigators are going to do their due diligence to properly identify what happened here. All right. That's fine, I guess. Um, he's home uh, sick, uh, by the way, with COVID. Yes. So, uh, all right, uh, Jacqueline. Yikes. Gregory. Uh, oh, I like that, actually. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, this guy, oh, the, we should point out there's a guy out there somewhere. Yes. He got away. They don't know if he ran up onto the street. He may have run off into the subway tunnel. Well, he's wearing a gas mask, so it was hard to ident- it's hard to identify him, but we do have a lot of footage, and they are, they're going to we throw footi- every resource. We have footage not, not of him? We ha- they, they access have video- to footage. Yes, access to footage. There's a lot of video cameras around in the area, and they are throwing everything at this to finding this guy. All right. Uh, five foot five, 170 to 180 f- pounds, I heard. Kind of chubby. Uh, let's see. He's black and wearing a gas mask and also some oh. sort of construction vest. Yes, but I'm sure he's not wearing them now. Well, who knows? Nut job. He could still be wearing them. Okay. I mean, we got to hear. I can't assume that he's. Uh, you're right. You're right. He's a smart criminal. When I you're mean, right, you're right, Gregory. Uh, oh, well, I'm throwing stuff out. Thank you, Jacqueline. You're very welcome. To be continued. Uh, meantime, what do you guys think? We haven't talked in a while. I've got uh, Pamela on the phone. She is in New Jersey. Hi. Hi. Um, don't worry, Greg. By five o'clock tonight, our president and your mayor and probably your governor will be calling the uh, perpetrator a white supremacist Karen. <laughs> they uh, there's always disappointment when they find out, you know, I guess even both. They're, 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 they would just love it to be a white supremacy thing. They would love it. Oh, gosh, the mileage they would try to get out of that. Thank you, Pamela. Uh, let's see. Stu is in Brooklyn. Hi, Stu. Hey, good afternoon, Greg. Greg, this might be significant. That train comes from an area in Brooklyn that's heavily populated by Chinese. And given the attacks on the Chinese by uh, predominantly blacks, I wonder if that was motivation for picking that spot. Huh, that's interesting. Um, As far as Sunset Park, though, the neighborhood it was, I guess, entering... I don't see that as a Chinese neighborhood. I see that more of a uh, no, Spanish. Spanish. Yeah, Spanish. Hispanic. Yeah. Uh, well, what neighborhood was it coming from? I also don't I, I, I associate that with an Asian community. Where, where's the Asian community in Brooklyn? All over it's the place. Coming from, in, well, the heavily Chinese area is on uh, 8th Avenue, 7th Avenue, near Fort Hamilton, near 10th Avenue. And the stop... That train goes right to, I think, 8th Street, which is right in the middle of that community. All right. Hey, thanks, pal, uh, very much. Oh, wait. Dan wants to say something about Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania. Hi. Oh, Greg? Yeah, how are you? Hey, good, Greg. Hey, I just wanted to uh, mention that in Pennsylvania, part of the problem we have with Dr. Oz. Do you like Dr. Dr. Oz? Are people that we Do you like him? I, I like him, but and I'm, he's and I'm a great guy. You should vote for him, in my opinion. I think he's awesome. Why wouldn't you vote for him? Well, because we don't know what he stands for. Oh, you got to listen to him. You got to listen to him. You've got to listen to him. He's going to those town halls all over the place, just like Donald Trump did. Dude, they're doing the same thing to Oz. They're trying to that they did to Trump in 2015. Do you remember that? All the Jeb Bush Republicans saying, "Oh, this guy's a liberal." Do you remember that, Dan? I do, Greg. And they're I doing on. the same thing to Oz. Hey, I'm sorry. They're playing the music. I got to go. I'll be back in a couple.
With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYC. Greg Kelly, the latest breaking news and opinions, entertaining and informative. Uh, the latest breaking news regarding the subway shooting slash smoke bombing is uh, nothing really news uh, in the last three minutes or so, right? Uh, still, we're at 10 people shot, five in critical condition. The gunman is out there somewhere. This happened in Brooklyn on the N line. The subway was heading to Manhattan. Uh, I'm looking at the videos of smoke filled cars and uh, people running, but not running over each other to get out. And then I see another car. This is another piece of video where the smoke has dissipated, and there are maybe four or five people surrounding the um, uh, individual on the ground who had been shot, just saw it a moment ago, and they're rendering first aid, trying to help the guy, uh, guys. Uh, great stuff. I just love to see it. I love to see people helping people. And uh, it's, uh, boy, tough, tough, tough. Um, I personally am not riding the subway uh, for about, how long has it been? Two months now? I uh, rode it every day, and then uh, a couple of creepy things happened, and I decided, and you know what? I got a couple of looks. Are you that guy? Yeah, I don't know if I like what you're saying. And uh, I'm not riding it anymore until things settle down down there. Uh, I got the means. It's okay. Not a big thing. I can, quite frankly, walk to work. It's no big deal. But um, this is uh, this is bad. And it looks like it's terrorism. And actually, uh, there's some resistance all the time to call it terrorism. I remember the uh, Obama administration really did not want to say Benghazi was a, a terrorism, right? They wanted to say something else. Hey, Mark, actually, he, I have a note here that you want to say something about whether this is terrorism or not. And it might be interesting. Mark from Brooklyn, yes. Yeah, I'll tell you right now. I'll classify it as a terrorist act. Because back in well, let's remember, face it, Mark. Back, that's not official, but uh, why do you say that? This is my this is my personal take on what the guidelines of the FBI have set. In a mass shooting, four or more victims, they consider it domestic terrorism. Now, that was the law that was laid down. Because if you remember, when the guy down south shot up that sex parlor, every single Democrat ran to a microphone and was screaming racism and domestic terrorism. So no, wait, guess what? By no, their own? I, I, no, I, by their standards, yes, that's a good point. Now, can I ask you something, Mark? Do you know, was that ever formalized, a, a mass shooting, four or more people shot? Is that automatically considered domestic terrorism? From what I understand, the, the FBI guidelines that were handed down to local law enforcement, it's, they should they strongly considered domestic terrorism. Okay, strongly okay, considered. I might not have put it in stone yet, but when it comes down through the pipe, they tell you that if it's if it's a shooting and it's four or more victims, start looking, start at the investigation for yeah. terrorism, and then go down from there. Well, you two things. You you're right about uh, Atlanta, and they totally mischaracterized it. They wanted to say it was white supremacy. I'm talking about 
Kamala. I'm talking about Joe. They ran down there saying it was white supremacy, even though the FBI was saying, no, this is some other issue. We have a weirdo on our hands who thought, you know, all kinds of weird stuff, but he's not a racist. And the same, the, the sheriff said the same thing. They damn near canceled the sheriff for saying what he knew to be a fact, as opposed to what some idiot on MSNBC wanted to hear. That was really something, wasn't it? They just so wanted it to be something. Now, I can't say and I can't agree with the idea that you're going to label anything for or more who get shot. That's a mass shooting, but that's not by definition terrorism. I mean, if you shoot up, uh, I don't know, if, you have a, if you're having a card game and you get mad and uh, you shoot everybody in the card game and there are five guys, is that terrorism? No, that's an idiot. That's a maniac, but that's not terrorism. But hey, who knows? It, that's it's what it, it's word games. I mean, this is very, very bad. And uh, hey, it's happening on the watch of oh, uh, McGruff, the crime dog himself, Eric Adams. Uh, everything was going to be new and different, and a crime fighter like we've never seen before, right? Wrong, big phony. Mark, thank you for that. Thank you very much. Hey, something else. Uh, speaking of Brooklyn, there's a hotel in Brooklyn. Uh, one of those hipster hotels. And guess who they're going to be hosting this July? Um, a, a singer of marginal talent, if any talent. Let's see. Do I have that? Uh, where's that guy playing the guitar? Do we have that? Tell me if this sounds remotely familiar. Oh, no, we don't have that. But, well, let me break the news to you. John Hinckley, the guy who tried to kill President Reagan, is performing live at uh, a venue in Brooklyn this July. He's been promoting it on his own Twitter page. John Hinckley, attempted assassin of Ronald Reagan, and he shot like three or four other people, uh, Agent McCarthy, uh, Jim Brady, I think the Washington police officer, his name was like Delahant, Delahanty, altered uh, four lives forever. Forever. Reagan was deeply affected by that. It wasn't so uh, seamless a recovery. And this guy gets to tweet and play a guitar, and he's going to be alive probably for another 30 years. He's totally out of prison. He never even went to prison. He went to the hospital, St. Elizabeth's Hospital. Rich kid, by the way. The Hinckley family. Totally rich. Were you alive on March 30th of 1981? Do you remember this cut 55? Wow. I remember I was in sixth grade and uh, that was a wild time. And I remember uh, it happened during the day and then we went over. I had something at a basketball game at the high school. And then they came in and they said that the president had made it out of surgery and he was okay. And there was real relief in the room. There was like, oh, gosh, this could go either way. So that's uh, what a country, huh? President Trump can't tweet. President Trump is banned from social media. But presidential attempted assassin John Hinckley is tweeting away and Facebooking away and uh, strumming his guitar and... (laughs) We're paying for it, by the way. The Secret Service knows where this guy is, all right? Uh, they're, they're they're keeping tabs on him. Uh, they're probably, they better be following him around all over the place. Let's see. I am keeping an eye on this. Let's see. Okay, not being treated as a terrorist attack at this time. Again, it's all semantics. These guys aren't, 
It doesn't really change all that much, I'm guessing. Should get my uh let's get somebody on the phone here. Uh I will in a moment. Um really, what would it they're looking for somebody if it's a terrorism related thing or if it's just some guy who was let's say he was upset with uh I don't know. How is this not terror-related? It's got to be terror-related. Eric Adams is not wearing his mask. He should be home in bed. He went partying in Washington, D.C., and he got COVID like 600 other people. Um, COVID is something we're just going to have to live with. And I'm okay with that. How about you, Mike? Mike is on Long Island. Hi. Hi, Greg. Uh, If it's... uh Terrorism, the FBI is involved. If it's not terrorism, he gets a desk appearance ticket, right? No. Are you being facetious or something? Oh, sort of, yeah. I I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah. If they catch him, yeah. He could be eligible for uh, Nobel, right? (laughs) Uh, You wonder, right? Yeah. Well, he had no criminal record, and uh, no, I think this one is going to stay inside if they get him. And they'll get him. Thank you, Mike, very much. Uh, one more. Ronnie is in Brooklyn. Hi, Ronnie. How you doing? I was just calling about the exact same thing. The reason why the NYPD doesn't want to announce terrorism is because then the feds will take over the investigation. That's like, that's the reason. NYPD wants to conduct their own investigation. Well, they, want they have to, the, they, they they, want, hold on, hold on. They have the Joint Terrorism Task Force, and they work closely with the FBI I mean, there's FBI embedded with the New York City Police Department, and there are cops embedded with the FBI. As far as taking over the investigation, I can tell you this. uh, They didn't take over any investigations when uh, we were thwarting terror attacks left and right under Bloomberg Kelly. Uh, Let me get an answer to that, Ronnie. Ronnie, what makes you say that? And I'm not saying you're wrong, but what makes you say that? I'm a retired correctional officer. I know how it operates. Correct. They want to get the. They, hey, were they you on? Show... Were you on uh, Rikers Island, by the way? No, I was state correction. Sing Sing. Sing Sing. Wow. Do they still have a death room there? An electric chair? Old Sparky. <laughs> in Building Eight. It's the 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 actual electric chair is in a museum now, but they they uh, the room is still there. They still use that. That's the uh, vocational room. It's so wild, man. What's it like going to prison every single day but getting to go home at night? I mean, you know, there are murderers and rapists and all kinds of horrible people in there. They got to stay there forever. They don't want to be there. You go there, though, every single day. I don't know. It's a very unique experience. And, by the way, I don't think it's right, but prison guards, let's face it, corrections officers, always portrayed negatively in movies. Ever notice that? Yeah, yeah, we notice it. We notice it a lot. So that's, you know. But, it, it's you know, not fair. And the warden is always portrayed as the meanest, biggest jerk in the world, often corrupt. And if you look closely, they're usually wearing small glasses. Shawshank Redemption, Escape from Alcatraz. They're always the same creepy, evil guy. I wonder why that. I don't think they're all like that. I met a, I met a jail warden once. He was a very nice guy. You sound like a great guy. Oh, thanks. Appreciate it. Well, I'm yeah, I don't want to overdo it. I mean, <laughs> great guy. I just, you know, 10 seconds ago. But anyway, anything else you can tell us about working in a, in a prison? No, I, I mean, I enjoyed it. I mean, I I did uh, I did two internships, one with New York City Corrections on Rikers Island, one with the U.S. Marshals in the Southern District. And I tell you, I like working in a, in a, in a prison more than anything. Well, wait a minute. So, what do you mean an internship? You did an internship like in college? 
yeah, I went to John Jay. And while you're at John Jay, you can do your internships. So I did two. I did one on on the, uh, they call it the box. And uh, uh, they call it the Bing. New York City Corrections calls the 23-hour lockup the Bing. In State Corrections, we call it the box. So I did my internship in the Bing on Rikers Island, OBCC, Otis Bantam Correctional Center. Now, I did the internship in Manhattan at the Southern District with the Marshals. Well, that was pretty cool, too. What about the box? Wait, where does that come into play? What's the box again? The box is 23-hour lockup. That's what the state That's what the state calls 23-hour lockup. So when you're the intern at the box, I mean, what do you do? They're inside all day long. What do you do? I used to work the phones with the inmates they, because they're allowed to make phone calls even though they're in the bin. So they get... You know, even though your 23-hour lockup, your mandatory federal law allows you one hour a day for rec. So if you want to use the phone during that time, you're allowed to make phone calls. Mm. So I would help with that. Plus, I did some paperwork and stuff. Who's the, who's it, it, the most it, it, famous criminal you ever met? Uh, let's see. I had at Sing Sing, we had a funeral holdover at Sing Sing. So Sing Sing is the closest max to New York City. So any any trip that's going longer than 12 hours coming from another jail. Yeah. Who is the most famous one? Joey Farmer was coming down. You remember him? No. He, 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 they shot Yusef Hawkins down on 20th Avenue and uh, 70th Street. Oh, yeah. So had a funeral holdover where I was. What's a funeral holdover? So- Again, if you're traveling from another prison from upstate and you're coming down to the city, if the trip is going to take longer than 12 hours, round trip, if the trip will, then they have to stay in a maximum facility closest to the city. I get it so now, the, but funeral holdover sounds uh, pretty ominous for a, you know, a pit stop. Why don't they just call it a pit stop? Well, because they're on their way to a funeral. I think his uh, either his uh, grandfather or his grandmother passed away. So even though you're an inmate, you're allowed to go to that funeral, even if you have maximum security. So they es- they get escorted down by correction officers. They attend the funeral. Sometimes if uh, if they're considered not a flight risk, they'll even be out of the handcuffs and all of that. If they're considered a flight risk, they might get a private viewing with the cuffs and the uh, you know and the uh, shackles on their feet well it's nice that they do that it's it is nice that they do that i know some people say they should be in there and you know throw away the key and all that stuff but i think it's nice that they do that ronnie i gotta go thank you fascinating stuff uh more on the situation let me just see at least 16 hurt in the brooklyn subway shooting although 10 shot uh none fatally at this point we hope everybody pulls through that guy is still out there somewhere five foot five inches tall 175, 180 pounds, wearing some sort of hoodie, maybe a uh, uh, construction reflective vest. He's black, and he might have a gas mask, although Jacqueline points out he probably threw all that stuff away. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. This is The Greg Kelly Show. Well, I just mentioned the guy they're looking for is a black man, five foot, five inches tall, 180 pounds, uh, wearing a orange construction vest, possibly a green construction vest, might have a hoodie on, might have a gas mask. Uh, now, that's actually an interesting profile right there. I mean, five foot five is on the short side, 180 pounds, that would be on the plump side. I mean, that's actually black male that narrows it down. 
Uh, now, uh, <laughs> we're watching the media. We're monitoring uh, it. Now, I just got that description, by the way, from the police commissioner, Keechan Sewell, who came right out and said, yeah, black man, five foot five, all these all these uh, characteristics. That's fine. All right. That's what we're that's what we do. That's that's how it's done. You got to you know, you put together a sketch, you put it on TV. But the media, <laughs> I don't want to name any names here, so I'll just use the initials. Uh, MSNBC <laughs> says that, uh, oh, it's a five foot five male with a backpack and a uh, uh, a vest and a, maybe a gas mask. And they leave it at that. All right. For whatever reason, they don't want to talk about his ethnicity. Um, it's curious. It is curious. And I will show you tonight. And it is it is actually breathtaking when you see it, when we put it all together. The glee, the ferocity of the media when the suspect, when the accused, is white, all right? A white man, a white man, a white woman, a white girl, a Karen, a white, white, white. Even the word, the way it's said, it is so negative. Black does not have that connotation. Now, in this, whatever race the guy is, it's a bad news story, but they take black out of it. It's, it's something, isn't it? It really is. Now, I will say this, and and a guy I don't always agree with, I actually, I almost always disagree with, made the point in a very interesting documentary, which I is an, an effective film, but I disagree with the message. I am pro-Second Amendment. I am pro-gun. I'm talking about Michael Moore. You know that guy, the liberal filmmaker, makes documentaries. They're entertaining. They can be fun and interesting and watchable. He's wrong. He's like a guy I read a book. Actually, I wouldn't read a Michael Moore book, but let's say I read some article in the paper or some tweet. I disagree with it, but I find it interesting, okay? I disagree with this guy. But he said he did something in 2000. When did that movie come out? 2002, 2003, 2002, I think, Bowling for Columbine. And he put together this montage, which was very representative of the media at the time, how they seemed at times to demonize uh, black people, right? And in, it, you could make the case that it was overdone. Uh, if it bleeds, it leads, right? And I do think that a, su- a description of a suspect is totally fair game and race is part of that. If you call 911 and you say, hey, uh, I just saw a bank robbery and a guy ran out with a gun and he's blasting people. The second question they're going to ask is, what race is the guy? The second question, maybe the first. Well, the first is, where are you? Where is this? Secondly, okay, what does he look like? And they ask. They want to know. White, black, Hispanic, Asian. They want to know. And you got to tell them. You you know, that's a way to narrow it down. That's okay. Uh, But there was a time in local news where, I mean, any old crime, they were putting it on TV. Any, I mean, like minor stuff. I mean, big, like, it was just, look, back then, in uh, in the 80s, you think about it, how many, like, more than 2,000 homicides a year. So which one were they going to pick? Not all murders made it on TV. Even today, I don't think mo- all murders make it on TV. They got to pick. And some thought, and I think there's there's an element of truth to this, that they were hyping and harping on Crimes where the assailants, the perpetrators, were black. And that uh, that hurt people, perhaps. 
And I am somewhat sensitive to that. Now I'm sensitive to the opposite because it's happening. White. What does a white guy know? Shut up. You're white. I mean, this is real, man. This is happening. And quite frankly, too many white people are shutting up and not, you know, I don't want to offend anybody. I'm just a white guy here. Oh, boy. I don't know anything. I'm just a dumb white guy. You know who says that? Usually white guys who aren't dumb, who are kind of smart. They want to keep their head down. They don't want to get in trouble. They want to keep making money. They want to mind their own business. I get all that. But there are plenty of other people out there. I I just... I don't want anybody judged on the things they can't control, and nobody can control their race. Nobody can control their gender. Hey, hold on a second. Lieutenant Governor uh, Benjamin arrested. Here he is walking out of uh, federal custody. Wow. Surrounded by cameras. He's never gotten publicity like this. Lieutenant Governor who? The Lieutenant Governor of the state of New York just leaving federal custody. He turned himself in this morning. We talked about this earlier in the show. Uh, He is... uh, uh, big fraud case. And how about that? 45 years old. I remember when he was picked. I'm like, well, I never heard of this guy. Went to all the right schools. I think he went to Brown and Harvard and looked like he had a big future. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. Allegedly, he was directing state funds when he was a state senator to a guy who was then pushing those funds back to his campaign when he ran for controller. That is a big, fat no-no. We'll be right back. Listening to the Greg Kelly Show. All right, that guy, a shooter there in the subway situation, still on the loose. Hey, what about Ukraine? Uh, oh, here's an item. Putin says peace talks hit dead end and vows that war will go on. Hey, thanks a lot. A defiant President Vladimir Putin insisted that his war will still be successful as Russia poured troops and equipment into eastern Ukraine. The U.S. and others said they were investigating an unverified claim that Russia has used a chemical agent after a few people in Maripol fell ill. Yikes. Uh, It's from the New York Slimes. And actually, I'll just call them the New York Times there because, uh, well, that was all right. We don't have a problem with uh, that. That seemed basically fact-based. Now, I want to go through the allegations against Benjamin Lieutenant Governor Benjamin Brian Benjamin, New York's number two official to Governor Kathy Hochul, was charged with bribery, fraud, falsification of records while a state senator. I see him right now. He's surrounded by cameras just moments ago, let out a federal court downtown, I guess, to his lawyer's car. He surrendered this morning, booked, processed, all that stuff, posted bail. Let's get to that here. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Brian A. Benjamin of New York, the state's second in command to Governor Kathy Hochul, surrendered early Tuesday morning to face a federal indictment charging him with bribery, fraud and falsification of records in connection with a scheme to funnel illegal donations to a previous campaign. The five count indictment accused Mr. Benjamin of conspiring to direct state funds to a Harlem real estate investor in exchange for orchestrating thousands of dollars in illegal campaign contributions to Mr. Benjamin's unsuccessful 2021 campaign for New York City Comptroller. In doing so, Benjamin abused his authority as a New York State senator, engaging in a bribery scheme using public funds for his own corrupt purposes. Prosecutors charged in the indictment, the investor 
was arrested in November. Uh, let's see the indictment, the results, blah, blah, blah. Mr. Benjamin subsequently engaged in a series of lies and deceptions to cover up the scheme. Well, you can see why Kathy Hochul liked this guy. Kathy Hochul, when she became governor, the very first thing she did was make Brian Benjamin, who? Uh, the lieutenant governor of New York State. Now, she did it for, um, hmm, let me think if we can crack the uh, puzzle here, the code. Uh, what's going on here? Ah, uh, oh, yes, identity politics, all right? Uh, a white woman from upstate, if she had any hope of being elected in today's Democrat primary, quite frankly, she needed a person of color to be her running mate, and uh, there was Brian Benjamin with his uh, issues, though. Probably should have brought those up. I mean, uh, right? He had to have known he was under investigation. Something, uh, no, no. Uh, the legal turmoil cast Mr. Benjamin's political future in question, you think? Hey, I noticed something here. I'm reading the New York Times. Uh, they've yet to mention if he's a Democrat, <laughs> okay? He's a Democrat. They always tell you right off the bat, Republican congressman, Republican senator indicted, Republican congressman arrested. For the, uh, not so much when it's a Democrat. That is, uh, that's buried. That's, uh, that's, that's just not important. But anyway, that's... Uh, that's too bad for him and too bad for Kathy Hochul. It shows that, uh, you know, her first big decision, she blew. And that's the first big thing. It's like a president blowing it when you pick your vice president. And who did that? Who did that? Uh, hmm, good question. Who did that? Uh, well, I'm going to say it now. I can say it, even though I like her. John McCain blew it when he picked Sarah Palin. Uh you know, he should have sat down with her in a room and said, you're a very nice person. Oh, great charisma. You're fantastic. I think you'll be a great governor of Alaska for the rest of your life. But you're no vice president, right? I think, ultimately, Dan Quayle is a very smart man. He is. Um, he was captured, unfortunately, on television. Just did not have this vacant way about him on TV. But he's actually a man of substance and depth. And he's also one of the few people around other than me, who saw that Donald Trump could win as early, was saying it as early as June of 2015. After I did, but he was one of the early ones. Smart guy, but George H.W. Bush said um, he blew it when it came to that decision, and it helped him lose in 1992. Uh, and I can't think of another one. Um, yeah, And the one that really cost an election, this is going to hurt. This is going to hurt. And it's just embarrassing. Now, how, can, how is she going to go out there and talk about crime like she did this morning? Governor Kathy Hochul, uh, 20 minutes after this guy gets arrested, she shows up as if she has anything to do, anything to offer at this shooting in Brooklyn. And what does she say? She's yelling at a bunch of kids like they're in the playground and they, they have to come in for lunch or something. Go ahead. And we are sick and tired of reading headlines about crime, whether they're mass shootings or the loss of a teenage girl or a 13-year-old. It has to stop. I'm committing the full resources of our state to fight this surge of crime, this insanity that is seizing our city because we want to get back to normal. Surge of crime. Well, just really, you're, you're really not in a position to talk right now. It's not normal for lieutenant governors of New York State to get arrested. Has that ever happened, by the way? When's the last time a governor got in serious trouble? Well, not that long ago. <laughs> I, mean, um, I mean, like arrested. 
a lieutenant governor or a governor arrested. I can't remember one in New York State uh, history going way back. Can you? Um, You'd probably have to go back to the 19th century if it ever happened. So there's that. All right. I just got to look one more time. Ten shot in the subway attack. Uh, FDNY, they're on the scene. The video, kind of scary, smoky car. This guy set off smoke bombs, not explosives, smoke bombs. Um, They can cause all kinds of confusion. They can make you cough. They can make you not see well, but they don't burn. Um, And that's, well, it could have been a lot worse. Who remembers the Madrid bombing, huh? 2000, what was that, 2003? Wow. I see FBI. I see... FDNY, I see cops, I see everybody. Uh, they're milling around. Not a sense of urgency, and there shouldn't be at the scene right now. Now it's a detailed investigation. and uh, But elsewhere, they're going through that video. They're looking at cameras all over the place, and hopefully, hopefully they're making progress. You know, it's if you are any place other than a bathroom, there's like a 95% chance you're going to be photographed. 98 99% chance everywhere you go. It's got to be impossible to get away with uh, killing somebody or shooting somebody, right? I mean, it's got to be damn near impossible. And that's a good thing, by the way. That's a very good thing. All right. Why don't I just see if, uh, hey, do me a favor. Uh, <laughs> cut 57. Donald Trump this weekend. I mean, talk about just putting it out there regarding the status of America And you know what needs to be done about it. Cut 57, please. Violent criminals are being set loose in Democrat-run cities to prey on innocent citizens. There's never been anything like the crime that we're witnessing in the Democrat-run cities. While radical left judges persecute Republicans and hold political prisoners without trial. Our children are being indoctrinated. Our values are being desecrated. Our heritage is being obliterated and our country is being humiliated by a president who has no idea what the hell is going on. (laughs) He certainly doesn't. And man, this guy, I heard somebody say, well, Donald Trump doesn't have Twitter anymore. So his finger isn't on the pulse of the country. Are you kidding me? Number one, I think he's watching cable news all the time. He knows everything that's going on. Everything. If you listen to his entire speech, and I really recommend that, uh, forget, uh, quite frankly, forget me giving you little snippets here and there or telling you what I thought and here's what he said, uh, or anybody else not telling you what he said because no one in the fake news is even mentioning it. They're ignoring it. Um, but it really is to your advantage to find this stuff online and when you can listen to it in its entirety. Now, I know you'll, um, you know, you won't be able to watch as many episodes of that damn TV show. I totally cut television out of my life. There's this one show I'm trying to watch. What's the name of it again? Um, something about a wolf. Raised by Wolves. It's pretty good. It is pretty good. But um, quite frankly, the time. The time. I do. Reg- now that I am married with children, and it's a great thing. It's a beautiful thing. Ay, 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 ay. That dad bod is a real thing. And I am fighting it, I am fighting it, I am fighting it. But you get to a certain point uh, professionally, personally, and you think about it when you were young. All that silly time I wasted, all that time I had. What the hell was I doing? I'd give anything for a half hour to read a book. You know, a person that has nothing to do with anything. 
Uh, no time. But that's okay. I am not complaining, but I do miss it a little bit. All right, Judith, it's your turn. What's going on? How are you? Hi, Greg. Um, yeah. So I'm listening to you. You're talking about Hinckley and this terrorist. And I'm thinking, you know, Hinckley didn't shoot Reagan and this terrorist didn't shoot these people. The guns did. Don't you know? Yeah, I have heard the that one, did. right? No, that's the truth. And Kathy Hockle, I mean, she's such a character. How about firing Alvin Braggs? How about that? That would be a great start. She could have done that. She didn't do that. Mm. And she and Cuomo signed off on this bail reform, Carl Heastie. So she's the one that's creating all of this stuff together with, uh, at the time, Cuomo and all these people. So she's such a hypocrite like all the rest of them are. So I just want to say they're going after our guns. That's what it is constantly. Uh, yeah, I mean, everybody knows it's it's laughable. I mean, Biden was did a gun event yesterday talking about ghost guns. Ghost guns make up, I'm told, about 13 percent of the guns out there. Look, we've got I th- what did I see? What was it? A quarter of a billion guns in America. I mean, you could stop manufacturing guns now for for the next 20 years. We'll have enough guns. It, it just you're not going to stop it with new laws about guns. You're not. You're not. You're not. All right. It ain't all these just it, the gun debate in America is so ridiculous and silly uh, and ill-informed, ill-informed. You know, most of the gun violence takes place in like 2 percent of the counties of America. Ninety percent of the gun violence in America takes place in 2 percent of American counties. Yet they want to pass these laws and impose them on everybody, law-abiding people. Speaking of that, there was this great guy. His name is Mark Robinson, and do you know him? He's the lieutenant governor of North Carolina, and he wouldn't be probably if this had not happened. He was really upset, actually, about the gun issue. He's a big Second Amendment proponent, uh, and he was a factory worker in 2018, not very long ago. And he went down to City Hall to complain because he didn't like the way things were going. And he said this, cut 65. What I want to know is, when are you all going to start standing up for the majority? You want to turn around and restrict my right, constitutional right that's spelled out in black and white. You want to restrict my right to buy a firearm and protect myself. I am the majority. The majority of the people in this city are law-abiding. And they follow the law, and they want their constitutional right to be able to bear to bear arms. The bottom line is, when that Second Amendment was written, whether the framers liked it or not, they wrote it for everybody, and I am everybody. All right, I loved it. I loved it. That guy's got passion, and you know that video went viral on Facebook, and uh, <laughs> people reached out to him, and uh, he's a smart guy, gifted guy, and uh, he is. The lieutenant governor of North Carolina. He's uh, 53 years old, passionate, incredibly eloquent, a powerful, powerful speaker. And um, his life has been pretty amazing. Uh, let's see here. All right. Now, we got so only so much time. Dan, what's up? Hi, Dan. Hey, Greg. How are you? Good. Uh, before I get to my main point, I heard what you said. You can't control your race. You can't control your gender. Yeah. But people need to control their actions. Sure. I'm totally cool with that. And? And the main point where I called was um, they didn't stop the trains in the tunnel after the shooting. And they said he escaped on a train. They didn't stop the trains in the tunnel 
after the shooting, and they say he escaped on a train? That's what the initial report was. He escaped on a train. Well, that would sound like a bit of a screw-up to me, wouldn't it to you? Yes, it would. I mean, every time every time there's a disturbance, anything. I mean, how many times when I was on the train track, when I was going somewhere on the train, we would stop and they'd say there's police activity in the station ahead. You know, we got to wait around for 20 minutes. Somebody gets sick on the train, they stop the train. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, look, a lot of information's coming in. Some of it's bound to be wrong. We'll see what how this pans out. But, Dan, that's a great point. Oh, shoot. I got to go. Be right back. Greg Kelly. 